Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Howdy. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. Y'all thought it was going to be a cowboy show <laughs> for a second when I started with Howdy. But uh, yeah, so glad everybody's here. Here we are cruising through the Doctrine and Covenants. All right. Last week, hopefully you enjoyed the field trip on the rainy porch in Kirtland. No, um, don't you just want to go back there so bad? I really do. And I love it so much. all of you should come with us. We loved Kirtland so much. Yeah. It was, it's fun because Kirtland was just this, it was a struggle bus, right? And exciting all at the same mm-hmm. time. Where it was like both of those were occurring at the same time. Like all this growth and new ideas and new thoughts. And, well, I thought you and remember then, when we were there and I was oh, like, really? No. <laughs> we had such a good experience you there. You in the olden days. Yeah, yeah. And so there's still that spirit of excitement and like kind of like, you know, yeah. but also some and really building. yeah well, hard things though happen yeah. there too, right? Where a lot of thought about, I mean, almost like it was in the beginning, people were just like, oh, this new movement and there were gold plates and angels and yay. And then all of a sudden it got down to like the, uh, like, oh, hold on a second. People started thinking more and started to like question more and started to like when things got difficult. And anyways, it just feels like real life. Kirtland, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because I think we sometimes forget that there was a lot of stress and pressure within the city and within the church, but there also was a lot of stress stress and pressure within the nation, yeah, right? right? That everywhere was a little bit struggling, and I think we sometimes forget that was happening at that same time. And all the influx of people coming in, bringing so much new personality, new culture, people trying to acclimate into that but also not a lot of money for how many people were coming yeah which when you start adding up all of those ingredients together you're kind of like oh you can see a lot of reason why people would you know have frustrations or yearn for things or i I, it just is really gritty (laughs) the kirtland days are super gritty and i think that's what i love about them and even sections like this like we were in I mean, last time on our field trip, Section 89 was something that was new, a new concept of a holiness code, right? That God was like, oh yeah, I have, I have something more I am preparing you for. Like that was a new concept to people. Mm-hmm. 88 was that same kind of thing too, where it was like really expansive and big. We don't have a ton of background on 93, but it's another one of those sections where Joseph says, um, he wrote before he wrote it down in the journal, um, more about the father and the son, hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, it actually says a chastisement of church leaders <laughs> <laughs> and more about the father and the son, which the order of it is actually reversed. But and you kind um, of love the thought of that when you think about your what happened in your gospel doctrine class, just barely this week, because can those two things both be true of God? Can can you learn more about the Father and the Son and also experience chastisement of church leaders at the same time? Right. Well, what's interesting about that is that it's God who's the one who's chastising them. And it's funny because we'll get there to the end. He will chastise them after calling them my friends. He starts and he says, my servants. And he says, no, actually, my friends. You're my friends. You need to repent, <laughs> you know? And you're kind of like, initially, we live in this culture of either or 
right now. Or at least it's a lot of the conversations that we're both having mm-hmm. and hearing that people are just like, wait, no, either God loves you and lets you do whatever you want, or he's really restrictive and holds you back and, and has demands for you. And this, um, this lady in our ward during Sunday school yesterday made this comment where she just said, I believe in a God who is uh, gracious and merciful and gives me so many chances and lets me take my own pace in life and will go as slow or as fast as I'm willing to go. She says, but I also believe that he expects things of me and um, that he has things that he wants to correct and wants to say to me. And, and um, when she was done, I thought to myself, like, actually, that's the most important comment I've heard all week because she's kind of laying out the fact that he can be both at the same time. And how awesome for this to kind of have that title of learning more about the father yeah. and the son, because maybe you grew up thinking he had to be either or mm-hmm. of those things. And what if he can be both? Yeah, I love that thought of we want a God who loves us regardless. And I think that's really important. And I think God does, and he does. Yeah. love us Amen. regardless. Right. But I also believe that same God has expectations for us. And can you love regardless and still have expectation? And what does that look like as you try and balance love and law? And sometimes expectation is love. And we're going to, this is, let's just introduce it at the beginning probably here and just say that there is, I, I can love people, a lot of different people, right? But to be in relationship with them, a loving relationship is kind of a different sort of experience. Or we could even say there's different types of relationships, relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's just like, oh, I can really love and enjoy you so much. But the way I'm acting or the way you're acting is not conducive to us being in a healthy, happy relationship. And that's really good, right? That's really good to learn how to balance relationship like that. I had a counselor once tell me, and I love it. He was like, let me draw... A house for you and it had a house and it had a baseball diamond and a little orchard in the back and a porch on the back porch and a family room and a kitchen and uh, my bedroom and there was a fence all around and then he said this I want you to think in your life who are your orchard friends and who are your back porch friends and who's allowed to walk in the door without knocking friends and who's family room friends and who has refrigerator rights, right? They can just go and open up the refrigerator and who's allowed in your bedroom. And it was so interesting to Mm. think about it on a piece of paper because I was like, oh my gosh, that really is true. Like I have orchard friends and I have refrigerator rights friends and I have friends that would walk in the front door unannounced and I have other friends who would knock. And it really is just the level of relationship and would that be true with God? Uh, do we um, work on deepening a relationship with God? And, and what would that look like? And would there be expectation involved? Yeah, and the, what kind of relationship do you want to have with, with him, right? So if, you, if we want one that's based just off of he loves me, then it's like you actually already have it. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yay. You, he already does. He always will. But this section starts with almost a call to, well, would you like to 
be in another kind of relationship? Would you like to experience a fuller, I love that yeah. thought of just a fuller relationship with God. Yeah. And that word fullness is kind of a, it's our word for the week. Mm-hmm. And it's a word that just shows up all throughout this, this section, 15 times. We put that little box on your journal so you could write. But we're talking about 15 times here. And it's, um, we put the different words there. Fullness of light, of glory, of power, of grace and truth, of joy, of knowledge. And then we are adding in this idea of, oh, and of relationship. But come back to that idea of, do you, do you just want um, God to love you regardless? Great. Yes, he already does. If you're and, and interested, I, and you though, love in... that he will accept that, that he'll be like, if this yeah. is what kind of relationship you want, I will accept that from you. But then you and be happy about you know, happy like about just it. like great, okay. Yeah. yeah, but if you're interested in more light or more glory or more power or more grace and truth or more joy or more knowledge, that's going to be a fuller relationship, right? That's going to require entering into this fullness that he talks about. And in 93, he's going to write down the expectation of a relationship like that. Yeah. So it starts with this call in verse one, where he just says, and we have this uh, little graph with the... This is my favorite part of all of 93. It's right um, at the very beginning. Numbers in it. In verse one, it says, thus saith the Lord. Um, and actually, um, negative one, verse negative, verse zero <laughs> could say, verily thus saith the Lord, I already love you. Verse one, verily thus saith the Lord, every soul who forsakes his sins and comes unto me, that's one, two, that's how we're listing it, and calls on my name and obeys my voice and keeps my commandments, shall, here's the promise, see my face and know that I am. And uh, we love this. We put this quote from President Faust right here next to us where he said, I would surmise that all who are members of this great church have a desire to see the face of the Savior. Um, This is an available blessing. And too few of us catch sight of this as we fail to avail ourselves of, of God's promises. And, and that word could be used. I think he's using it in a literal sense in verse 1 to really see my face, mm-hmm. you know. But there's other ways that we could say that can be happening, right? That you, you'll see me more moving mm-hmm. and working in, in, your, in life. your life. And, mm-hmm. and you, we'll, we'll come closer with each other. And I, when I wrote on the board, I actually wrote just one word for each of them. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's so interesting because, you know, in any relationship. That's what it would look like. It would look like that. There yep. are things I would have to forsake. I would have to come, come and be available. I would have to call upon. I would have to listen to and obey the rules of a relationship that are there. And then I will see more of who that person is. I'll know more of who they are. And one thing that we love about this, and we put on here so you can kind of see this circle, because sometimes we make lists like this. Usually we make them bottom to top where we're like, then you're going to do this, then this, then this, then this, then this, then this. And then you've arrived at this place. And I've learned in my spiritual journey, and probably you have too, that it generally is more cyclical. That what's going to happen is you're going to forsake, and then you're going to come, and you're going to call and obey and keep commandments, and then you're going to see him more clearly, and you're going to come to know him. And because you know him better, you're probably going to forsake new things. 
and come in a different way and be called and obey and keep commandments and see and then you're going to know him again and because you know him better you're going to want to forsake something else and the closer that we come to him through this cyclical pattern the deeper our relationship becomes and i love sometimes reminding myself that we don't belong to a, a church that is a ladder as much as we belong to a gospel i don't even want to say a church a gospel that is this continual progression over and over and over we're just going to keep going through that cyclical process until we come to know him better and better and i, I love that this is going to talk about what progression looks like and progression doesn't look like a checklist or a ladder but it more looks like this growing into something that we repeat over and over every day of our life and and again and again and one more time we do that i love when you read through jesus's progression yeah and even before we jump into that it's neat that he says you he gives that weird um kind of doctrinal dichotomy. He was like, I'm the father and I'm the son. Mm. And he says, in one, I'm the father because the father gave me all of his power and attributes. But I'm the son because I came to the earth mm. to kind of live on your side of the window and progress the way that you will. You know, almost yeah. like, and I don't, there's still some mystery to godliness here, right? But it seems like I'm the son because I came to the earth and then I progressed. I didn't have a fullness at first, just like you don't have mm. a fullness of things, and I and I move through them, and and these verses explain. Yeah, and what I love that. that. And I love like. when he talks about I'm the Father, because he is a pure representation of the Father. Right? He brought everything the Father would bestow upon us with him when um, while he was here, but also that thought of I also was born in a stable like I condescended I came down to the lowest places um, and understood the hardest situations I felt pain I understood all of those things without a fullness yep and yeah. I grew right just like you are going to I grew grace for grace that's how I grew into who I am and you love what that means for us is that he actually can understand everything we're going through and I love as we read through um, some of these verses 11 through 14 where he says um, I John bear record I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth even the spirit of truth which came and dwelt in the flesh and dwelt among us that's one of my favorite parts of 93 mm. is as we're going through that cyclical process that we talked about that forsake and come and call and obey and keep he's going to dwell among us as we're going through that process of becoming. He's going to dwell um, with us and help us to be able to do that. Which is one of our, our favorite titles for Jesus is mm. you find in Matthew 1 in the Christmas stories, Emmanuel, which means God among us, mm -hmm. like God with us. here with us mm -hmm. in this in this place. That just reminded me, I don't think I told you the story that, um, so on our, the HEFY trip that we went on, we left and my nephew Spence, he stayed as the next group leader. And on their last day, trying to get back to the airport um, and the COVID tests had to all be like within a certain hour and um, it was far away and problems. And that, well, the bus breaks down oh, no. and like all these people come like in the middle of these streets in Malawi. 
people come to try and fix it and they can't. And he said, I started to really stress out like, oh, where is like, we're not going to make it in time. Like I'm going to, we're going to be stuck in Kenya with all of these people. Like we're just all this stuff and just working it out. And then, um, one of the workers who was, who, who came to like help, um, and get them onto like a new bus where they couldn't fix it. They just get on it and they're like, he's like looking at his clock and he's like, oh my goodness. And then he said to the bus driver, so what's your name? And he said, Emmanuel. Oh. And Spent said like right away, because it's one of his favorite titles too. He was just like, oh, God is among us in this messy situation. Yeah. And, and it just kind of was one of those tender mercy moments to just remind him like, oh, like he came into this mess with us to like walk with mm. us through it and and to experience it and knew what that was was like oh, to experience so it and that we all have those broken bus moments you know where we're like what what now and what next and i just love that thought of he's gonna be right there in it with us and that he's gonna remind us everyone not even i received the fullness at first right i didn't have a that where we think about we want that fullness of relationship and and all of these things of light and glory and power and grace and joy and knowledge i love that he's like i i continued right i continued in that cyclical process grace to grace until i received the fullness and then he was called the son of god because he received not the fullness at the first um, in my scriptures i have that word until so dark in my scriptures because that is one of my favorite words in these three verses is that we're all in the until we all are mm. we're all in that process of growing and and trying to develop that fullness of relationship with God just like Jesus did that same thing and that until is actually okay yeah it, it's okay to not be finished or complete or perfect right now because we're all living in until mm. right now yeah and, and he kind of like expands that a little bit and he kind of brings, I think that we left a little box here to just kind of talk about, man, what does that teach you about increase and progress and perfection, eventual perfection and mm. the word until and that idea of moving from grace to grace. And I love the word continue that's in there. Yeah. It's like just, just continue, right? We talk about this a lot. Every day better. That's what relationship looks like that's how we deepen that relationship with the father and he says in verse 19 um I, let me tell you why i'm giving you these words um that was ps 1 through 18 is john the baptist that's we don't know where that necessarily came from but john, it was kind of john the baptist record someone mm -hmm. really close to jesus who was kind of saying like we grew up together <laughs> let me tell you like it wasn't yeah. a fullness at first but in 19 he says do you want me to tell you why i'm telling you about jesus because I want you to understand and know how to worship and to know what you worship so that you also can come unto the Father in my name and in due time mm. receive of his fullness. So those words like how to worship and what you worship and worship could be a word that we say like, oh, that songs or prayers or fasting or, or whatever. But we love this quote from Elder McConkie who once said, perfect worship is emulation where he's, this section's almost saying we're more alike than you think we are. And I, and I progressed this way. And, and, and 
you too were born to this earth without mm -hmm. a fullness and you too can progress in a, in a really similar way to that. And, and he gives this line here in 20 that he's going to expand on in just a second where he's like, um, if you keep my commandments, you also shall receive of his fullness and be glorified in me as I am in the father. You too mm -hmm. will receive grace for I, and grace. I love that. I love when he's just like, like this, there's no if, ands, or buts about this. If you keep the commandments, this is the given for that, um, that life. Yeah. And we really do live in that a kind of a, uh, we're averse to commandments <laughs> right now, you know? So true. And I, I can, don't know if any of you have teenagers or young single adults, <laughs> oh. but it feels like such a constant conversation of like, why do we have to do it this way and like this? And why do we do it this way and like this? And is everything the prophet says what we have to do and, and all of these, I mean, that is like the ongoing conversation that takes place on the regular here. And it has been interesting for us to stop and think about why, why the commandments and what is it helping us to become? And if you look at it that way, instead of just, um, this is what it says, but why, why does it say that? Right. And, and, and if it is, if it is a, uh, if you keep my commandments, then I will love you. Then that is, uh, that's the wrong way to look at it. If yeah, that's the kind the of God that you believe in, then that's not true. Yeah, it's not who he is. is. If you love me, yeah, keep the commandments. It, commandments become an expression of our love. That's what commandments become. And, and trust yes. and devotion, right? Could you almost hear Jesus saying like, if you trust me, then keep my commandments. And right. I think sometimes it's easy if you look at it in regular relationship to be like, is that true of a regular relationship? In fact, we were laughing before of like, what are some of the commandments I live by in my relationship with Greg and David lives by in his relationship with Jenny? Because if you start thinking about your relationships, your close relationships with friends or spouses or uh, roommates or people that you're with every day, you probably have a list of expectations right of like here's one of mine when our house is completely clean the day that is cleaning day Greg has a commandment or an <laughs> expectation or a rule which is you cannot cook fish like salmon on that day because he's so excited to walk in the house and Smell, smell the soft scrub. <laughs> he loves it. It's like one of the favorite parts of his life. And I just am cooking whatever's next on the schedule, which sometimes salmon really is what's next on the schedule on cleaning day. But I've learned <laughs> Greg's going to appreciate it more. And, and he recognizes me loving him well if I don't cook salmon on the day I, that the house is clean. Yeah, and it's like, it, it, that's just a, a natural way of looking at all relationships where you're like, um, like we were saying earlier, your your friend who said, um, we're talking about going to church. Mm. Do you have to go to church to have a relationship with God? And the answer is like, um, no, right? Do you have to go home to have a relationship with your spouse? And it's like, well, no, not technically. But the question is, what kind of relationship <laughs> do you want to have? Right? Like, and, and you replace go to church with whatever you want to replace yeah. that with, right? 
Um, but that is a, that is true. It's all like there are just expectations that that I happen if Jenny and I are going to have a different kind of closer relationship. And I think it's important to realize what we're being invited into is a fullness of relationship. And those kinds of relationships actually require expectation from both people entering into the relationship. And that's okay. That's, that's like healthy for relationship. And I think one of the things that is important for us to remember is that God does set expectations for us and still loves us regardless. But that 93 is a perfect example of, of God setting the expectation. I wrote at the very top of mine, verily thus saith the Lord. And I just wrote down who, who, who's telling us, did Joseph Smith tell us this was the expectation? Who set the expectation for the relationship? And I think a lot of times we forget because God uses a mouthpiece, who's speaking actually in that moment. And to remember thus saith the Lord is an important part of our religious belief. And because there's a mouthpiece, that means that there's room for a mouthpiece that also has opinions. There's clunkiness, there's cloudiness that can happen. But when the Lord says this, verse 27, you don't receive a fullness, or in other words, you won't increase in light, glory, power, grace, joy, knowledge, um, without keeping the commandments. They actually are a manifestation uh, of my love. They are a means to increasing in, in these things, right? Do you want more light in your life? He says, if I say yes, he's like, I can show you how to do that. Do you want more power? Would you like more joy? If the answer to that is no, then it's like, okay. Yeah. Then, and, then yeah, be happy with the level. Are, yeah. Yes, be happy but, where you but are. But someone's like, I would like more power and influence to help the world. I'd like more joy. I wish I knew more. I was just talking to a friend on the phone on the way here, and she just said, one of the gifts of grace I feel like I've gotten over this last year is a gift of knowledge because I see things differently now. And, mm. and it's helping me in my journey because of the way I see things differently. And so it's like, do you want more of that? And if the answer to that is yes, then he's like, oh, I have, though that's the reasoning for the commandments. They're not arbitrary. Verse 28, he that keepeth the commandments receives light and truth until he is glorified in truth and knoweth all things. It seems mm. to almost be that explanation of, of that phrase, grace to grace, mm -hmm. where it's like, my gift to God is obedience, freely given. And then he gives a gift of increased light, power, knowledge, whatever. Mm. And, be, and like you said, because he gave me that, I give back more, more obedience, obedience, right? And then he gives in response to that. More light. Right, more more light. And, and, yeah, and it it's just, so cyclical. You just right. love that. That That's where you go from is more obedience to more light and then more obedience and then more light and knowledge and goodness. And, and verse 31 says, that's, this is what we mean by the agency of man. <laughs> like it just gives people a chance to engage on whatever level they would like to engage on. But it seems like the Lord's just being clear here and saying, this is the why behind why I give commandments. So, so figure them out, like figure out mm -hmm. what they are, like discover 
what that means for you, not by comparing yourself to everybody else, yeah. but like, or not to just check the box or get off the hook, but to desire relationship mm. and to desire more of light and knowledge That's and so to see him more. And, and, and then I'll want to engage in mm -hmm. it and just be like, okay, then is this just cultural? Is this an opinion? I actually want to know because I'm interested in these things. And it's right? so interesting just to, to think to yourself, um, are commandments an expression of love? And if that is true, then what does my expression of love look like? Mm. Mm. That is really cool. That idea that John actually gives in the New Testament. Like we love him because he first loved us. Mm. That's what engaged us in the first place. So we were like, I actually want to be in a relationship with someone like you, you know, and yeah. then and then we come in. Now, the opposite he teaches in here in verse 39, he says the wicked one actually comes and takes away light and truth from people. That is what he's trying to do. And he does it through two things in verse 39. One, disobedience to the commandments. He's like, let if the keeping of the commandments increases light and truth. He's trying to get you to disobey them so that you can lose light and truth. Um, and then also the tradition of their fathers, which is such an interesting mm. phrase, right? It'd be, it'd be interesting to think through, like, what things might I inherit in family tradition or in cultural tradition that, it, that actually could take away, like, what ideas, you know, could I inherit that m make me want to, you know, that, that, that the wicked one would use, mm. you know, as a means to, like, I'm disobeying this commandment. And I, why? Because it's our tradition. It's what we do, you know, in this family or, or whatever. And yeah. it's like, oh, he actually is really clever in getting us to. Well, and sometimes tradition can also represent culture, which I think is so important for us to remember because culture will try and talk us out of commandment. And that has always been true mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the traditions of men are what culture is requiring at the time or, or what it feels like is the right way to live right you you choose and and you determine according to culture and God God is so constant and so consistent that those things are going to remain the same I mean you look at the Ten Commandments we still adhere to the Ten commandments. Those are such a clear set of commandments that that bring light and truth, right? But culture is going to move like this or tradition of men is going to move. And I think that's important to, to hold fast to. Um, God won't change. Um, he, he will put for us what will keep us safe and protect us and preserve us. All the things we've talked about when we talked about light and law before. Yeah. I'm, I just started this book recently. It's called Who's Afraid of Postmodernism? Hmm. And it is a, a book that is analyzing and showing in our, we, they call this age, right? Postmodernism. All of a sudden you just yeah. got so smart. Oh. You're using like really big words and I feel so tired that you're reading that book right now. Well, this is what I like about it. It's, it, it, it is showing here are the biggest kind of belief systems that exist in the world right now. Hmm. And where did they come from? And it's awesome to look at it and be like, oh, 
I didn't know that I think this way because of my culture. Like I thought I was being independent. And it's like, oh no, you were actually drinking the (laughs) Kool-Aid, you know? And and now the reason that you want to be so independent is, is, was not you. It's actually like, so it's Mm -hmm. been good for me to like read, to just kind of see like, oh, I inherited that idea from the world around me and and, and which ones want to I want to think you it know it makes you want to go back to the how to worship and what to worship because you almost love that God is like no here let me remind you just this and this is going to bring a fullness of all these things just come back to this and this and and a fullness will be found there um actually it just makes me feel like oh I'm just so glad there is a constant yeah right right and to like, even though sometimes we're like, it can be a little bit clunky for God to have human mouthpieces. Mm. I'm like, I am just so happy that there are multiple ways he can clarify and speak and reach me, mm. you know, like yeah. that's just, he can reach me through music, ideas, books, mm-hmm. songs, movies, friends. I just love that. In addition to that, our, our chosen and inspired leaders mm. uh, that are, some who are prophets, seers, and revelators with a particular purpose to see things as they really are because I can be so easily Sweet. influenced yeah. that it's like, I, I, I can, you know, they were yeah. given that gift. I, I, at, we, I was in a meeting with Elder Bednar once and someone actually said to him like, I have read that verse so many times and have never seen that. How come you can see it and I can't? And he was like, Oh, that's only because God has given me for this time in my life the gift of seership. Oh. You know, to mm-hmm. so that there are some who have that gift to be able to, to be see. share yeah, to see so that they can share with, with others, with other oh, that's people. So good. Um Oh, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna go, oh, go on to this thing. Go. Okay. Yeah. So the, the section wraps up which is which is fun because um he's talking to the first presidency, is who this was kind of directed to. And then he just goes through starting in 40 and just starts to say, okay, so just so you know, you're giving this to the rest of everyone else, but I've commanded you to bring up your children um, in light and truth also. Um, That's what I want you to do as parents. And he goes through each member of the First Presidency and tells them, you haven't done that very well. (laughs) And you need to focus, which when I read this section earlier today, you know, kind of getting ready for this. I, I'm not calling myself a member of the first presidency or anything, but sometimes as a institute teacher and just a teacher in general or a writer or speaker or whatever, I put a lot of effort into that work and that ministry. I feel called to it, you know, to do that. Mm -hmm. And, and it can be really, really easy to get so caught up in the work of that, that I, that it's like, but what about your own Mm-hmm. kids that's so good like are you uh, have you reserved yeah you anything know, anything for, for the them people under your roof because I had, I had a good friend who actually like he's like I stopped he stopped teaching seminary full-time because he was like I just realized my best lessons were at the school hmm. and they weren't at home and I, I couldn't navigate that, that very yeah. well and I so but and I do love too as you come down from that like that reminder of your, your most important work is for the people who live under your roof. You know, the, those are your, that's where your 
your greatest work and your greatest miracles will happen. And maybe because it's where you can have the most influence. influence. Mm -hmm. Because like change requires closeness and it requires consistency. And so to have a chance to live in close relationship with people, it's, it's really one of your only, I mean, you really don't get too many opportunities in life to have closeness and consistency yeah. with people. Like you just don't have time, you yeah. don't have time or energy for it, but you can. With those. And, with some. and not saying that's always happy, right? And always successful. And just because you're putting your time in that place, it doesn't mean everything's going the way it should. And I find really great comfort in verse 43 and in verse 44 where he says, um, set in order your own house. And then he says it again, therefore first, set in order your own house. And I think it's so important to realize that's also a cyclical process, that you might have things figured out for a time and then someone's gonna come and knock down your blocks and you're gonna set in order that house again and you're gonna do it again and again. And I have been a mother for three decades And none of my kids even live in my house anymore, but I am still setting in order my own house regularly and praying over my people and trying to figure out how to best enter into relationship with them. And for some of you entering into relationship might be having come follow me every Sunday with your kids. And for some of you, it might be just figuring out how you can bring up Jesus even once in a conversation and what that looks like. And and some of you might not even be able to use the word Jesus, but you can be an expression of his love in that conversation. And setting and order your own house is gonna look different for all of us at different times. But I love that it's okay for it not to be in order all the time. It almost feels like he's given us permission to be like, okay, here's, here's your work and here's your call in the world. But also first, go back home and set in order your house. And in three months from now, go back home and set in order your house. And Sunday when things don't go well and that night, set in order your house. And that also feels like a cyclical um, process that we're gonna be in. This is a gospel of relationship. I think we forget that. That is the gospel we believe in. It is relationship based. And that has to do with the spirit, uh, the father and the son right? Building right relationship with them. But um, I love when we think about the two commandments, love God, right? Be in relationship with God, but also love man, love your neighbor, love your kids and be in right relationship there. And that feels like the struggle of mortality. That feels like our most important work here is that figuring out relationship and a fullness of relationship everywhere. And I love that the Spirit is so good to guide us in that arena, both our relationship here on earth, but also our relationship here as well, of of what could we be doing better in all of these places. And if you shut off all the outside noise, the Spirit will tell you. Uh, It will tell you of earthly relationship and it will tell you of heavenly relationship what what we could do better yeah and i and i just love the idea of a god who's both of those things who's one who's just like i already love you that's why i'm engaged in you in your life in the mm-hmm. first place like i like i if we, he gives command if giving commandments is a 
manifestation of unlove is kind of like, wait, unlove seems to be ignoring. Yeah. You know, but he's like, I already love you. And, but I, I also want more with you. Mm. And I, I want you to experience more of these things. And, you know, when I love when you're talking about that idea of set your house in order, just coming back and just saying, okay, you know, because like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about whether God loves my house and my family. Like I just know he does. Mm. But Jenny the other day said like, oh, we've kind of been slacking on this a little bit, you know? And it was like, good to just be like, oh yeah, we're not bad people, you know? But I do want more light in our house mm. and I want more glory and I want more love and in here. And I think the way to do that is to be teaching this or, or experiencing that I just yeah mm, that's so good and I when I got we just I just went on that you know HEFY trip with Jack and hopefully he'd be okay with this me saying this but I mean obviously there's some things that I think I've told this before that when I gave his interview for I was a bishop when he was first going to the temple and I said do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel and he said back to me what's that <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh awesome you know it was kind of like oh shoot um okay let's start over <laughs> or whatever but he did write this little note that he gave to me when we got done with our our trip our humanitarian trip and and it said in there thanks for teaching me the way god loves hmm. so it's like oh okay there's some things that like we could do to like, and, and that's what I think God means when he says, like, bring them up in light and truth. Mm. Let them experience yeah. these things on this list, you know, and, and, and let me, I'll show you how to do that. I'll show you how to, and keep coming back and, and setting things in order again, you know, keep thinking, like, engage in it because of what it is that you're looking for. Yes, so. that's so good. Yeah, 93 is one of our favorite chapters, and I love hooking it with 76 and 84 and 93 and 88, and 88. Yeah, all those all those together they just help you know how to deepen your relationship with god and also the fullness of expectation of what that relationship could actually look like and neat that it is rooted right in when the temple is mm. being introduced and built almost like and this will be a symbol and also a learning place for mm -hmm. this idea of progression and relationship and they're, that they're so closely tied to each other. Yeah, I love so. that. The, the, the temple becomes such a symbol of that increase and progression and also welcome into his space. Mm, yeah. So, okay. Okay, see you next week. Yep. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.